Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Just bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie will connect you with local pros who match your specific needs. Or book a service instantly at an upfront price. So join the millions of homeowners who use Angie to care for their homes and get your next home service job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. This is AEW Unrestricted, the official podcast of All Elite Wrestling. And once again, I'm joined by... Aubrey Edwards, referee of the decade. The decade? Jesus, Tony. Well, I just thought I'd change it up here a little bit. How you doing? I'm not paying you that much. I'm doing okay. <laughs> hey, let it be known you're paying me nothing. That's true. That's true. You're just saying that because I, I, I don't know. You're paying me in friendships. Oh, speaking of friendship, how about this for a segue? And speaking of, of awesome people. Okay. We have the one and only Big Swole with us today. There you go. I'm very, very excited. Yeah, what's up? Mm, <laughs> double bye. <laughs> Big Swole, amazing, amazing addition to our women's roster. Phoenix of Rise champion, Shine Tag Team champion, FSCW champion as Storm, I think. Yeah. Yes. And just a general all-around like quality human being, a fantastic locker room leader, great fitness inspiration. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, when it's not bulk season. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, welcome to the podcast. Very happy to have you here. Thank you. It's, it's, it's great to be here. I've been wanting to be here for a minute now. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad you let a player on. So I know you weren't a part of the women's division initially, and you came on a little bit later. I think it was, you had, was it a dark match or a dynamite match with Emmy? It was a dynamite match. And that was was in January after I signed my my contract. But my first like appearance was an all out for the Battle Royale. That's right. That's right. Oh my God, that day was wild. So (sighs) It really was. Busy, busy, busy. I, I want to talk a little bit about uh, what's going on today uh, in in society. I, I know you know we have had our our group chats and our group meetings, uh, the entire group, and you spoke uh, uh, so well about what is going on. And um, and and I, I I really dig this about our company mm-hmm. because I think we're all like pulling the same direction. We all live up, love each other, but talk about what you think that we all can do to make a change in society. Today, I know it's kind of a loaded question or a deep question, but uh, it's like, "Hi, welcome to the podcast. Let's talk about deep shit." Boom. <laughs> well, we, want, we, want, we actually wanted to start about that, and then we get into your, you know, get into your career and everything. Honestly, just listening, being open, and, and asking. Actually, this past uh, weekend at a uh, little party we had, Danny came up to me and was just wanted to know. He just asked the questions, and I was uh, I was glad to like you know answer them. And I'm just glad that he was able to listen, actively listen and have comprehension and not just have his own entire like, oh, this is what I think. Because that's how usually people in the world are. They're like, oh, this is my, I'm set in my ways. You can't teach an old dog new tricks. Most people just want in one ear and out the other, but they're not actively listening to the struggles and to what black people are saying, what people of color have been saying. So listening is, is, is key. It's very important right now. Yeah, I, I never did believe in those old cliches. Uh, leper can't change his spots. Uh, can't yeah. teach old dog new tricks. I, I don't believe in all that. I believe we all can learn and, and all can be educated. And just to add to that, I, I think just be nice to each other. Right. I, I mean, just there, there's so much negativity and arguments going on. And anyway, 
so much for the deep stuff. Glad to have you with <laughs> us. And uh, you, 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 are, you are certainly a, a part of what is one of the more entertaining things that's going on, uh, has been going on this, this year. And, uh, and of course, you know, this is podcast is evergreen and uh, it may have been over by then. It may just be starting, but uh, you and, uh, and Britt Baker have been uh, just a delight. <laughs> Your best friend. <laughs> right. <laughs> New scoop. He doesn't even like you. She she doesn't. You don't you you can tell me because I I don't know anyone who likes Brittany. <laughs> I don't even know if my Lord and Savior likes her. I, I asked and I didn't even get an answer yet. So I mean, he's probably trying to think of something. You know, he can't lie. So it's like I can tell you the woman that I live with, she don't like her. She says, Man, she was a mean girl in school. She was one of the girls that picked on people in school, and you could tell her by looking at her. I go, uh, okay. Whatever. I know a bully when I see one, Tony. Exactly, exactly. But it's been entertaining. I mean, you've 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 had some fun with this, haven't you? Oh yeah, it's it's been the best. Just being able to be myself. Yeah, I, was, I absolutely love it. That's what I wished and hoped for. Is a storyline where I can just be me. Right, and, and that's what you've been. You've been yourself, and that's why people are gravitating to you. And that's why you're you're so much fun to talk to in the <laughs> back because you are yourself. I mean, what what we see is what we get, and. And that is so cool. I, and uh, so I appreciate that about you. I really do. Oh, thank you. Tom. Look, you, you're going to be my best friend now. Thank you very much. I'm, I'm going to take you since you're on timeout anyway. <laughs> you might as well not go back. What, why? When they treat you so badly. I uh, know. Like she can't even get Rebel's name right. I know. Just mean girls don't care. Think of themselves only. Right. Such a shame. Peeking behind the curtain a little bit, this whole uh, storyline between you and Britt, how did that come about? Was that an idea you guys pitched? Was that? No. What's the story behind it? Really, when they were deciding on, I guess, who to pick, who with who, they asked me, like, oh, what do you think about having a story on this person, this person? And Britt really stuck out to me because, you know, we've known each other from the indies and stuff like that. So I was like, yeah, I think a storyline with Britt would be great. Cody was like, this, this is what I'm pitching. This is what I have. And once I read it, I was like, this is amazing. I want to do this. I want to continue to keep doing this. You know, they were like, oh, we're going to, you know, turn a heel. And I was like, yes, finally. Look. <laughs> Somebody I can work with, <laughs> you know, like I'm not, I don't want to get beat up by Nyla. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Love her to death, but Jesus, let's not get just beat up by Nyla. Right. Like I'm not, yeah, you know. Yeah. Some of, some of your lines have been tremendous and uh, like when they were brushing <laughs> you with the palms, right? Oh. <laughs> I'm not Jesus or something like that. And I just, I'm just, yeah. <laughs> I'm just, Wow. It's like whatever comes to my mind, I'm like, yeah, just say that. Yeah, that's good. Like, And it'll change every single taping, too. I can't say the same thing twice. But that's that's honestly the best part, right? Is it's like we're not seeing Ariel Johnson portray Swole. We're seeing literally who you are on TV. And I think that's part of the reason why this storyline, I guess, is what you could call it, uh, mm -hmm. works just so well because Brit's being Brit and you're being Swole. And the two of you are just playing off of each other. Like, I think there was the other day we were doing like a, we were taping a segment. Ooh, spoilers. Mm -hmm. And I think the two ways you guys did it, like, were completely different from each other. Yeah, they were. And it was just like a natural thing that it just, that's just how it happens. That's how the cards lay. And really, like, in all honesty, it was just, it's whatever. Like, okay, I'm going to say this. All right, why don't we say this? I'm like, okay, cool, whatever. I'm gonna, like, I'm gonna, my goal is to pop her and like make her just break one day. <laughs> It's going to happen. Yes, it is. <laughs> it is going to happen on live TV. I, uh, you, you grew up in Florida. Talk about uh, growing up in Florida and your experience with uh, with pro wrestling back then. And when I when I say I had the best childhood, 
in Clearwater. It's like, yeah. it's like its own little world. You know, everybody like always like, oh, I can't wait to leave home. I can't wait to leave home. And when I did, I was like, okay, I'm ready to go back now because Clearwater is literally like paradise. Mm. Everybody who's in wrestling live there. Like, and we lived in Bel Air, which like right around the corner from Terry Hogan, Hulk Hogan. Like everybody in the block knew him as Terry. Right. You know, <laughs> imagine being six, seven years old and you can see like Randy Savage like I did a kickflip and he thought it was the most amazing thing ever in the whole world. And he was like, Oh, you teach me how to do that. And I'm like, because uh, uh, I, I need you on TV, bro. Like, <laughs> like no, 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 I'm not going to do that. Or seeing like Luna, like, you know, God rest her soul, like in the middle of Walmart, it was simply amazing. Like it was great going to the beach, like having little parties, like surfing, like having all friends. It was, it was really amazing. Right. Right. We understand that uh, you had some interactions with Linda Hogan. She gave you some advice. Oh, yeah. <laughs> she said, uh, she said, never marry a wrestler <laughs> and never get in the business. Oh. <laughs> and <laughs> well, <laughs> and, well, um, I didn't listen at all on both accounts. No. At, at all. Like my godmom, uh, Jill. Uh, she was like, you know, Linda's mad at you, right? <laughs> I was like, I didn't do anything. I didn't do anything. And she's like, you can lie to everybody else, but you're not going to lie to me. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I know. I'm dating him. But I mean, I haven't married him. And, you know, I'm like, I'm not really in, in the business. I'm just, I'm like, I have a couple matches, just a couple matches. I'm just getting my feet wet. And then mm-hmm. next thing you know, I'm married. And Fast forward. Right. And <laughs> in the business. And, and deep in the business. <laughs> How you like being with AEW? Oh, I love it. I brag about it all the time. Yeah. It is. <laughs> I'm like, I was just going through like, I love my job. Like, and people can talk crap. Like, oh no, I love my job. I love being on AEW Dark. I love learning and growing and changing in front of people's eyes and everybody's cool. And it's the only place I've ever worked where a hundred percent everyone is cool. Right. Nobody has these big old egos. Like everybody's just chilling. We all hang out together. There's a camaraderie. It's a family. It's it's amazing working at AEW. Well, one of the great things too is like we understand and that fact so much and we're so willing to protect that. Like I know, for instance, one of the things that like Swole's done for me as sort of the locker room leader she is, is like if I'm out of line, she immediately is like, <laughs> no bitch, like here's the deal. Right. That's some something that you just appreciate so much working with people because we talk about trust a lot in wrestling and it's like it's not just in the ring, it's also out of the ring. And it's just a really, really great place to be. I mean, Unrestricted is basically the let's talk about how much we love working with each other podcast. So Yeah, it, it's really amazing. Like you'll never know what you're gonna see in this locker room and like what's gonna mm-hmm. happen. <laughs> and it's just like so many things we laugh about. It's like hard to keep track of everything that happens every day. Ah, oh, it's so, so, so much fun. Yeah, I imagine keeping Aubrey in line would be a full-time job, too, to be honest with yeah, you. Yeah, keeping yeah. everybody in line is a full-time job, you know? I get you. I get you. Absolutely. Swole's got her hands full. Yeah, <laughs> I really do. I really do. But I wouldn't I wouldn't want it any other way, you know? Right. Okay, I, I want to uh, circle back now here. Uh, how did Who introduced you to pro wrestling as a kid? When did you – your first memories of it? Ooh, my uh, – <laughs> My former stepdad, he introduced me to wrestling when I was younger. He was like, he's like, hey, have you ever seen wrestling before? And here I am. I'm four years old. I'm like, uh, no. What are you talking about? And he like 
puts on like uh like WCW and I think it was like Glacier like <laughs> it was like a Glacier match and I was like mm. this is awesome I'm like this is great I get to yell at the TV I get to like you know fight a little bit inside the house and practice my moves on my stepbrother Duran I was like yeah this is this is awesome it's just right up my alley because I was a huge tomboy already at four I was like I don't want no dresses I don't want to do all, any of that I just want to go outside and play that's it mm-hmm. and I was I was hooked like flipping channels back and forth, doing the, like the war. And I was like, oh, this is, this is simply amazing. I was like, I want to do this. I want to do this when I get older. This is great. I was like, I want to see it live. We never got to see it live until I was, I was an adult and could pay for it myself. You know, you know how parents do. Sure. Well, you know, back then, if you talk about the Monday Night Wars, the best seat really was at home. I mean, that's right. where things were happening. Yeah, it, it really was. And, and it still is with Dynamite. I mean, it, it really is. Right. Yeah, we got it. TNT, baby. Absolutely. So, uh, so you grew up, you grew up in Florida and you grew up loving wrestling and you, uh, you had some, uh, interactions with like Hulk Hogan and Randy Savage and you live in Clearwater, Florida. And when did you decide, damn it, I'm going to do it. <laughs> what age were you? What, when did this all happen? When did you not heed Linda Hogan's advice? <laughs> well, I was 22 <laughs> and grown and thought I could just do whatever I want. And uh, I just got out of the uh, the Air Force and I was working at GameStop, just like a holiday hire. And I was like, you know what? I really want to really want to wrestle. And I started dating my uh, boyfriend, now husband, Cedric. Mm-hmm. And I told him, I was like, babe, I want to wrestle. And he literally sat me down. <laughs> and he was like, OK, if you're going to do this, Ariel, you need to be a wrestler. I don't want to hear this whole, you're a woman's wrestler. You're a female wrestler. It's like, no, you're a wrestler and you need to have that heart and that drive. You're going to do this. There is no quitting for you. Like you will retire as a wrestler. Wow. Now that's great advice. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was amazing. It made me like sit back and really like go through it. I'm like, you know what? No, this is what I'm going to do. He kept me on that straight and narrow pretty much. <laughs> so when did you start training then? It was right after we had our, um, our daughter, Adessa. This was a surprise baby. As soon as I wanted to tra- start training, I started training. And then it was like, I don't feel well. Hmm. Like, well, after that, it was like August 14th in 2014. Because I remember it was like, like eight months after we had her. I started training. I pretty much never looked back. Damn. I started training in, uh, in Charlotte, North Carolina at high spots under the Mr. Number One, George South. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he taught me the right way, you know, of everything. <laughs> yeah, you had a, you had a good trainer there. Oh yeah, the the best. Yeah, really. I mean, everybody says that their trainer is the best, and don't get me wrong, you may think that, but you are clearly wrong because <laughs> <laughs> because George South is who the greats bring their children to. Right. Ashley Flair, she went there first. Let's teach her the basics, you know, when Ricky Steamboat needed his child to be, you know, taught, you know, he brought him there. And of course, myself, you know, we I was trained there. Cedric was trained there. Tessa was trained there. Darius Lockhart, you know, we're pushing out people. <laughs> sure. Absolutely. And then not only that, he's, he knows what he's doing. He's a good person too. Right. Right. And, you know, as Ric Flair said, you know, George South, he owes his career to George South. Absolutely does. All those matches, man. Got to lay the groundwork. We're talking with Big Swole. AEW unrestricted. Lots to talk about kind of where we're where we're headed to next. I want to talk a little bit about more that swole mentality and where that all came from. This is AEW Unrestricted. Tony and Aubrey here with Big Swole. So you've got this what you call swole mentality. Talk about what that is a little bit. 
swole mentality. Everything I do is swole. It's big, it's grand, it's grandioso, it's all that, and then some. That's basically in my faith and my wrestling, everything I put my mind to, I give it 110%. That's what being swole is all about. That's what my name is all about. It's a clear reminder of the mentality is what's going to get me there. Because I always tell myself, you know, motivation is not going to get you there at all. Because some days I'm not motivated, but that's where the discipline comes in. That's where the mentality comes in as thinking that someone else is going to be better. And I'm like, I won't allow it. I cannot allow it. Right. I'm heavy into my faith. So I'm like, look, when I get to them pearly gates, I want to be there and be like, look, I did everything I could to be the best. And whatever you gave me, whatever gift you gave me, I use it to my fullest potential. I don't want to have any type of regrets, you know, when I leave this earth. So I'm like, I have to do it big. I mean, you're a fighter as well, just from the, I know you've told the stories before of like going through Crohn's, I think it was 2008. Yes. Being dead on the table and then basically being told you're never going to be active and you're never going to have kids. So real quick, you're already very good at like defying everything <laughs> that people tell you. So oh yeah, oh yeah. As 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 my mom says it, like you know, she's like, oh yeah, yeah. the devil's been trying to kill you for for a very long time. And you know, I was like, yeah, it all started with I got struck by lightning. Whoa. <laughs> and it was like, well, what do we do next? I'm like, well, I don't know. <laughs> so maybe just stay away from going outside. So, so hang on a second. Well, we we've we mentioned the you've been struck by lightning. Yes. Yeah. What? Oh yeah. Sucked. <laughs> no shit. Well I, well, I bet it did. <laughs> it sucked so bad. When did this all happen? How old were you? Man, I was 12. I was outside and, you know, in the old school houses, they used to have those metal poles, you know, for the, uh, I think for the gutters and stuff. Sure. So I'm, I got my hand, because my, I'm stupid, I had my hand on the, on the gutter and I had like my metal, my rings and stuff like that. You know, you had move rings and all that other stuff. And it's outside and I love the rain. And literally it came down, it just went like through and just like, I just shocked the heck out of myself and then I dropped and my parents were like, all right, well, better pick her up, better pick her up. You know, <laughs> I just always had like bad little instances. Like I once got attacked by killer ants, like my first like day in our new house, my stepdad, he already had a house or whatever. And I'm standing outside and it's my first time being in a lawn, you know, cause we've had only had apart apartments. Right. And like the red killer ants are just all running up my leg and I ended up locking myself out. So I'm like banging on the door and they had to like throw me in the tub and I had marks up and down my legs for like weeks. Wow. Yeah. It's crazy. Swole will never die. Right. I, I won't. I won't. I won't. She'll just hobble away a little slower, but <laughs> she won't ever die. Yeah. Yeah. I, I had so, so many things have happened. It's crazy. I, I was even paralyzed once from the neck down. What the hell, woman? Yeah. I was like paralyzed just for a full week. It was horrible. Well, what happened? I was, I see, I was like, okay, I was a goalie and it was my freshman year. I was a really good goalie. And this one girl, I was ruining her average like a mug because she couldn't score at all. <laughs> and so <laughs> she comes up, she kind of checks me and I'm like, okay, whatever. I'll let it slide. Let it slide. I get the ball. She slides in and like clips my face. So the next time when she comes in for the, for the ball, I jump up my knee pops her like straight up Kenny Omega style and just runs straight through her shit and she drops down on the floor and then my cleat just like stomps her and I'm like well that's what you get and then she was in the box so of course that's no penalty to me right <laughs> she didn't like that at all so literally the next play that she had a chance I was I got the ball and I saved it she pushed me into the goal post 
my body wrapped around it and I flew. And next thing you know, I'm like hanging upside down with my cleats stuck at the top of the goalpost. Mm. Now I had enough like wherewithal to throw the ball out. So she did, she didn't get the point at all. <laughs> so she's, she's even more pissed, you know? <laughs> and this is like my first game my mother ever gone to. So of course that game, I would get hurt that much. And I woke up the next day and I couldn't move like from the neck down. And they were just like, the doctor was like, something. She's like, she hit that when that goalpost is just wrapped around and it, it did something where it just stiffed up everything. And the lady was like, if you take another hit like that, you'll be paralyzed in the neck down forever. It'd be permanent. So I had to stop playing soccer. I had to give up my love, like my first year of playing it. Oh my God. Crazy. Oh. So uh, now uh, let's see, struck by lightning, paralyzed, mm-hmm. uh, dead. Eaten up by ants, dead from Crohn's. Is there anything we missing here? Um, my sister tried to like. She accidentally almost drowned me when I was younger. My mom had to tell me this story. Like she accidentally left me in the tub, <laughs> and she came in. I was like doing the bubbles, bloop, 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 and she like saved me and scooped me out of the water before like I submerged into it. And then apparently that same year, my auntie Donna had accidentally left me wandering on the street so the police had to call my mom was like hey your daughter's here and she's like what do you mean she's like yeah your little one-year-old daughter <laughs> luckily i had like a bracelet that had my mom's name and her number and stuff on it smart yeah because you know my mom's very you know very cautious of course except for picking my babysitters but yeah <laughs> <laughs> but yeah tack that on jeez so so despite living through all of these things you're still like you know what i want to be a wrestler Right. Take bumps. Because you want to take bumps because yeah. that seems like a real good idea at this point. <laughs> You're insane in the membrane. So so you have a kid. Mm-hmm. Eight months later, you start training. What happens after that? Hopefully you don't die again. No, no. Uh, I started. Uh, uh, well, well, actually, <laughs> no, I didn't die again, but I started training. You know, I started getting really good, but then my Crohn's pretty much got active and I kept having to take breaks. Uh, I believe the breaks like added up to maybe about two and a half, three years. Damn. And I've only been wrestling for about six years. So I just kept having these dips in my health. And to the point where there was this one time, I'll, I'll never forget it, um, my mom, when my mom made me take a clean break because I ended up getting uh, pneumonia. And they thought it was pneumonia. And then they had to do like this probe. And then they were like, oh, well, we're sorry, but it's a cancer mass in your lung. And I had already had colon cancer before. So I was like, what else is, is, you know, is going to happen to my body? And they were like, we don't know what it is. We don't know what it is. So they had to take samples of it. They sent it to the CDC and to the Mayo Clinic. All came back negative. They didn't know what it was at all. Mm. So I was in the hospital and it was deteriorating, deteriorating. And they were like, I'm sorry, but you're slowly dying. We don't know what to do. We can just hold you off for some weeks until we find out what it is. And they just kept sending samples, sending samples. But luckily, this one doctor, she came to the hospital I was at, and she came to visit me. And she was like, I work at the other Orlando Health. And I just came here today because she's like, I don't know. It's my off day. And I was just, I just needed to come here. And I was like, I think you're sitting here for me. I was like, because I'm dying and I need some help. (laughs) And she was like, okay, we're going to try these three antibiotics. And she's like, you know, spliced them and put them in. And they started to slowly work. Ended up naming the virus, I think, nightmare virus. 
and I was the first patient zero and it went all the way up to North Carolina. So I'm, I do apologize everybody uh, for my bad immune system. But yeah, it was, it was, it was ridiculous. You are ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. That was right before all out. So when I literally got out of the hospital, I was like, there's something like God was like, you need to get ready. He's like, because you're about to have something. I literally trained and tried to gain muscle and got back to wrestling again and learning how to wrestle again for six months straight. And then I finally won the match with uh, against Zoe at, in Toronto for the Rise Championship and with Bull Nakano. And then, boop, then you guys. Yeah. And then it's been like that since then. And I've like been healthy. Like This is my first full year of being completely healthy. Crazy. Wow. So AEW is the cure for death. AEW is the cure. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Right. After all those stories, I don't know if uh, talking about wrestling is going to satisfy us <laughs> or not here because it's kind of a letdown. You really are a, a remarkable story. Uh, but I do want to talk about you did spend time uh, in WWE. You were at the May Young Classic. Yes. You have worked on Raw. Yes, I did. Nia Jax. Talk about those experiences. Okay, when I got the the phone call from my friend Devin Nicole, she's like, I need you in Atlanta. She's like, You want to come with me to be an extra at WWE? And I was like, uh, Yeah, there's a bear shit in the woods, bro. <laughs> I'm coming. So <laughs> we get there, and I'm the smallest one out of both of us. So they're like, Well, I guess you're going to be, you know, wrestling Nia Jax. I'm like, Okay, cool. You know how I am, and how, you know, the reports of how backstage WWE is. And that's before even Cedric got there. So, of course, imagine right. me. I'm myself 24-7. I, I don't sugarcoat nothing. I'm not walking on eggshells for nobody because I'm not scared of nobody but the Lord and my mama. And I didn't see Mary Ann Langhorn there at all. So, therefore, I was just being me. <laughs> so, so, I'm the whole entire day, I'm just clowning with people, you know, people that I know and stuff like that. I see Brock, <laughs> I see Brock Lesnar and every time he walks past all the extras, hello, sir. Hello, sir. Hello, sir. Like acting like some, just some, they got like wedgies. They're just acting all stuck up and stuff. And I'm like, he's just a regular person. Like stop bothering this man. So the last person bothers him and they're like, thank you so much. I walked up to him and I was like, Hey, uh, Brock, right? <laughs> He's like, yeah. And I was like, I just want to let you know that uh, I could whoop your ass. <laughs> and the fact that I had the balls to say that, because I was like, I'm going to make him laugh, because obviously he was so pissed off with everybody just stopping him 24-7. And he's like, that's funny. He's like, what's your name? I was like, oh, I'm, I'm Ariel. I'm Ariel. He's like, oh, okay. I remember that. You know, you can whoop my ass. I'm like, yeah, I could whoop your ass. And he's like, okay, okay. And he walks off. And then... <laughs> I have my match before I, well, before I have my match, Seth comes up to me. He's like, Hey, just, so you know, you can't see nothing out there. When you get out there, you won't be able to focus on nothing, but the person you can't see anybody. They can only see you. It's just that dark out there. Bro was lying out his ass. I went out there and I saw everybody. I was like, Oh, Oh, uh, I felt like Denzel. I was like, uh-huh. Uh-huh. Okay. Okay. All right. Okay. Okay. Seth. All right. Okay. Lopez. All right. I'm putting cases on all y'all when I get back up in this gorilla. Because I was like, how dare you do this to me? But I went out there, had a good match, wasn't expecting the slap in the initial part. Uh -huh. <laughs> I gave her a receipt that was not called because I don't I didn't appreciate nobody hitting me like that on national TV. You're not going to punk Big Swole. That's what you're not going to do. So I kicked her right in her face. <laughs> Right before she's supposed to do her stuff. And I was like, hey, man, that was a receipt. She's like, I understand. Boom. Went on with the match. 
And um, and afterwards, it was just great. Everything was cool. The second day, this is like Cedric done had his match with like Ibushi already. Mm-hmm. So Trips comes up to me and he's like, thank you so much for doing the business yesterday. And I was like, oh, thank you for what you're doing with my family. You know, he's like, oh, yeah, you're Cedric's fiance. And I was like, yes. And he begins to mark out and tell the whole story about what happened because I told him I wasn't there. And I'm just like, in my head, I'm like, would you look at this, Triple H. Now, I remember seeing you on TV until everybody suck it. And here you are, <laughs> marking out for my man's match. Ain't life grand. You know, I'm listening, but I'm just like, this is crazy. I'm, I'm marking out within the mark out. And, and it's just like, it was, a, it was a good environment. I had fun. <laughs> they ribbed me. And they told me that I was supposed to be the security to make sure that Brock wasn't supposed to be there because it was SmackDown because it was the next day. Right. So, of course, I'm like in my heels and stuff. And I'm like, I'm, I'm bowing up, you know, because I'm, I'm like, I'm trying to do my job. I see, I see Brock come up. And he's like, oh, oh, you again. You the one that said you was going to whoop my ass. And I was like, uh, yeah. <laughs> he goes, he goes, so you're supposed to be security. They said you the one. That's supposed to stop me from getting here and getting, I think he's supposed to beat up Randy that day. And I was like, I looked at him and I was like, you ain't seen me and I ain't seen you, bro. And I like, <laughs> and I was like, I'm gone. I'm gone. I was like, cause I don't want no problems. You know, like, I was like, oh, I'm just talking. I'm just, you know, my Twitter fingers happened to come out. <laughs> I was like, my bad. I, but it was, it was, it was a good time. That was, it was a good time with Nia Jax. And like right. the main young classic, that was great too. It was Oh, it's fantastic. Had a celebration with Cedric and your daughter on TV after the win. Oh yes, and I got look. I got the dance with Candace. You know, mm-hmm. do a little shuffle, do a little shuffle. She says she don't dance, but I, I feel like she did all right. I mean, I I didn't bust out all the moves because I knew she couldn't really dance. So you know, <laughs> I kept the PG just for Candace. But it was great. It was great seeing her. And and after that, did you? Uh, was there ever a bigger opportunity in the WWE for you? No. After the Mae Young Classic, that was basically it. I honestly thought that there was going to be something else after that, but they just never kind of pulled the plug, honestly, until you guys came calling. There you go. Their loss. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And we want to talk about us guys calling <laughs> and a whole lot more with Big Swole. Stay with us. This is AEW Unrestricted. Aubrey and Tony here with Big Swole. So we were just talking about Mae Young Classic, WWE, marking out in the markout moment with Trips. So Mae Young Classic was actually the second time that Swole and I got to share a locker room together. The first time, I think it was down in LA, it was like AWS, like the day after a Rise show. And I'm standing in the locker room, I know like a handful of people, and then you just bust through this door, rocking this green emerald mohawk, mm-hmm. looking like you own the fucking place, and everyone just, just like gasped. And I don't understand really what's happening. And everyone's just like, why are you here? I put it together that you had literally gotten married the day before in Florida and then flew to Los Angeles. I did. You know, all, all, all for the craft. Why? Why? <laughs> <laughs> it was hard. It's hard enough. I've spoken on this before with representation in Indies. It's hard enough with black women getting bookings as is. So I had to keep this booking, you know? So I was like, I, I got to go to it. After my playing was delayed, so many other times I missed my layover, had to get a new one. And I think it was like maybe a solid 10 hours of flying and traveling. I finally 
yeah, as you say, barge through the door and everyone's like, what, why, why? I was like, cause I have to be here. That's why. <laughs> Showing off the ring, talking about the wedding. Right. Yeah, exactly. It was a, such a good wedding. <laughs> I, was, I hate that I had to, you know, scram out of there. And, you know, I still, I, as I say, I still get flack to this day. And he's like, oh, well, remember when you left the day after? And I was like, you know, like, it's not like you guys could go on a honeymoon. Like he was champion at the time. Right. Like who, who had to go to Japan after that? <laughs> okay. Who had to go to Amsterdam and Paris and stuff, you know, mm-hmm. I don't want to hear it. You talked about training uh, with George South and, and Cedric. Did you meet Cedric training? Is that how you guys met? No, <laughs> actually we had a mutual friend, Robin. He had a show in Concord. Uh, North Carolina and we were living in Goldsboro and he's like hey Ariel can you please just take me to my thing I'll give you gas money I'm like sure now at the time I drove an Acura and it was like a straight six so and he didn't drive stick shift and he didn't tell me that was three and a half hours away so here I am driving three and a half hours looking bummy as all the kid out and like I had a Marvin and Martian hat on I had like you know like baggy jeans everything you know, I heard this high-pitched voice and I saw this black chocolate man like walking by. I said, wait, wait a minute. You know, I'm looking at all the other wrestlers. I'm like, oh, nobody looks good to me. But that guy, I was like, wait, wait a minute. I was like, Robin, come here. Why didn't you tell me that there was fine men here? I thought they were all going to look like him. You know, small, scrawny, you know, whatever. And I saw him there and I stole his number out of Robin's phone after I introduced myself and I punched him straight in the shoulder. Because, you know, I have these tactics and I do things for science all the time. So I was like, oh, maybe it'll work. Maybe it won't. So I was like, maybe I'll try this third grade. Let me punch you. See if he likes it type stuff. Let me see where his mind is, you know. And sure enough, he was hooked Ugh, off of something so silly. Wow. That's what happens when you got the sauce. Yeah, ever since then, we've been kind of like inseparable. <laughs> I do this for science all the time. <laughs> well, you know. Tremendous line. Sometimes it works. You know, you never know. It's about the confidence. I talked about you and uh, you and uh, and Brett and how entertaining that was, that has been. You have been in uh, some of the segments of being the elite with the uh, the public swole the, announcement. The public swole announcement. Public swole announcement. <laughs> are there going to be any more of those? I mean, do you come up with those? Or are they? Yeah, I do. I, I come up with them, and I'm like, oh, who? What do I want to talk about today? What do I want to talk about this? And you know, because of all of the events, my mind has just been so exhausted. My brain has been so focused on the fight. <laughs> and but they, I've been writing some some new ones. I have this one that I want to do with Kenny about perms and picking out hair and stuff since he's not good at doing that. <laughs> he's not. Uh, <laughs> not at all. Not at all. Well, um, I want to do with Sammy since both of us almost got ran. Well, he got ran over. I almost got ran over by a golf car. So I want to do one of pedestrian safety monitors because I feel like it needs to be said because you never know in these streets at AEW. It's like, it's, you know, it's a kill or be killed right. out here. It's your best with those gators. You never know who's behind the wheel. Exactly. You mentioned Kenny Omega. Did he, was he the first one to approach you about AEW? I mean, you, you had the contract signing, right? Um, I did. I had the contract the video offer. That, right? uh, Brandy is the one who, who brought me in, basically. Okay. When it comes to representation, for some reason, there was like everybody named Mama just thinks that I'm just like the... The, the, you know, the person be like, oh, yeah, go talk to Swole about that. Go, t- go talk to Swole about representation and, and, every, and pretty much everything else. So I'm, I'm glad she reached out to me and she brought me in for All Out and kind of talked to me about, you know, contracts and everything like that. And it wasn't until after my match with Sheeta in Charlotte that Kenny came up to me and offered me that contract backstage, which was amazing because it was in front of all my friends right. and in front of Hangman, which Hangman and I, I've, 
I've known Hangman for about nine years uh-huh. and from when he first started wrestling. So it was just so serendipitous that it was in front of him as well. So that's why when you see me like just hug him and like we're just having this moment, it's because like we basically like came up together. That's so wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, that is a great story. I, I And there there's so many great stories going on in AEW. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about on camera and behind the camera. Now you and, and Aubrey were talking about the women's locker room. Mm-hmm. How is it in the women's locker room? I mean, is it is it as cool as the announcer's locker room, the men's locker room? Trying to get the trying to get the sneak peek, man. I'm trying to get the tea. Mm. I'll, I'll I'll throw one at him. I'll throw one at him just to like satisfy. There was a group of us that all sang the male song from Blues Clues at this last taping. True. And we nailed it. We did. We we killed it. Mm-hmm. We killed it. We kill every song that we basically sing in the locker room. Yes. But it's it's amazing. The vibe there is like no other. It's really amazing. Everybody likes everybody. Everybody talks. Everybody's chill. Everybody's laughing and joking and stuff. It's it's amazing. There's no arguments. There's no, ooh, girl. You know, because we talk, right. we talk shit to people's faces. If I got something to say, I'm going to say it. And you can listen and do whatever you want to, but I need to get it off my chest. Plus, you know, I don't play that. So um, <laughs> I don't play that whole dissension stuff. Look, you got problems. You better uh, handle it because I'm not all about that drama. Because you want to come up in here with drama, then that means I got to be somebody mama. That means I got to get the belt. That means I got to get a pop pop going on up in here. And don't nobody want that. No, you don't want scary mom's fault. You know, because I want to bring out the mom eyes and a mom speech. It just It's scary. <sighs> You know, sometimes it's too much for people. Right. That's why sometimes I come off as scary. It's a reverent fear. So it's, it's, I'll take it. You mentioned uh, mommy. And that made me think that you being a mommy, a real life mm-hmm. mommy, did you have to do homeschooling this year? I did. I did. I already had respect for teachers. Right. Because I already knew I can't do it. Actually, everybody, you got to know your limits. You got to know your blessings and your gifts. And I know my gift is not to have to be a teacher of little children. Mm-hmm. Not unless it's like art or something. But yes, I had to do it and it was taxing. I was like, why do you have all these assignments for this baby? Now, mind (laughs) you, she's in like gifted classes and stuff like that. And this is like, you know, they say you get like two times worse or whatever, you know, than when you were a kid. And I was in gifted classes and AP classes. So it was like, don't act like you're slow, girl. Come on. I know you know the answer. And she's like, uh, six? And I'm like, are you asking me or are you telling me? I swear I said that like millions of times by doing this homeschool stuff. It's been like huge headache, mm. but I'm ever the more grateful. You know, I would rather keep her at home, you know, than have her go into an actual school. Yeah. So you've got the homeschooling stuff happening this year. You've got your travel schedule. Yes. You've got Cedric's travel schedule. Yes. You're, you're clearly, you know, focused diet and exercise. Like, how do you handle all of this? Uh, <laughs> cause I'm not a mom and I can barely get my shit together. So <laughs> honestly, just lots of prayer. <laughs> like, I say I wear a lot of different hats, you know, like my biggest thing is that I cannot stress because stress is like the main factor for my Crohn's disease. I think about it like, okay, if I feel too stressed, like I'll just go and relax or I'll, I'll go and have my little me time. Because, you know, I am mom, I am big swole, I am, a, you know, a wife, I'm trying to keep my health together, my diet and exercise, and it's, it's a lot to do at one time. And then, of course, we just moved into our new house, so it's, it's, been, it's been a lot, it's been taxing, it's just having that support system, 
you know, being able to finally tell my mom, like, hey, can you take AJ for a day or two? So I just need a breather while Cedric's gone, like just breathe in the house and just chill. Plus coming to work also always helps to relieve oh, yeah. stress. Yeah. Oh yeah. I look forward to it every single time we go to come to work. Yeah. Isn't it something that a lot of people, they go, oh, I got to go to work. But for us, it's, man, I, I'm going to work. Right. I, I, ah, it's, it brings me so much joy. Right. There's always been a di- big difference for me between happiness and joy. And like certain things can make you happy. Certain foods can make you happy. Well, when you have pure joy, that's something that no one can take from you. That's, mm. that's something that can light up your whole life. And you can also like be so radiant that it just bounces off of you and goes to someone else. Joy can just spread like that, you know, and that's what AEW does for me. It just brings me so much joy to see everybody right. and see everybody thriving and being creative and being heard. And it's, it's an amazing atmosphere. It really is. Now, I love, I love coming to work on Wednesdays. <laughs> so do we. And you, uh, you get, you guys uh, in the women's division work closely with Dustin. Mm-hmm. I know in the ring, how's he helped you out throughout your career? Oh man. I, I love Dustin. Yeah. See, man, like I, when, when, when Cedric and Dustin and were uh, tagging, I was all, he always come home and just brag about how awesome Dustin is. And I was just so professionally jealous. Like I'm already jealous because he's like agile as hell. And so when I finally got to started working with him, I was like, this is the most amazing thing ever. He's so knowledgeable and so nice. And then he also like kicks it with us and he can make fun of somebody. And it's just, it's amazing. He's like, He's a good, good guy. He's like uncle and dad, but and also older brother and, you know, veteran, all in rep in one. He's amazing. Mm-hmm. And he can twerk. Yeah, he can do just about anything, actually. Yeah, he can. Yeah. He really can. If you consider Dustin your dad, you would have to consider somebody like Dean Malenko your granddaddy. Oh, heck yeah. Now, I love Dean. <laughs> Dean, Dean's that dude, okay? <laughs> Dean is that guy. Yeah. Man, like... I always come to him after my matches. I come to him before my matches. I just like to pick his brain. I don't, I don't care what anybody else is doing. I'm just like, you understand who we have here? We have the last of the trio. You have all that knowledge blend into one, and you don't want to talk to the man, right. given that he always has a scowl on his face. But that scowl is a smile to me, and I'm always like, give me my hug, brother, man. Oh, yeah. I love you, Bubba. Let me use your calf <laughs> kick. <laughs> love him. Love him. Dean's granddaddy. And he, you're right. He has so much knowledge, doesn't he? I mean, he really does. And and I think uh, it it would behoove any wrestler, male or female, to listen to what he has to say about finishes, about the psychology of the business. Oh, yeah. Amazing. He just really is a great guy. He really, really is. I, I really think, and I've often thought this, well, because I know you and I really get along that we, you're just a ray of sunshine in, in the backstage <laughs> area. You really are. Oh, you. you make me smile every time I see you. Now that I know you're the leader in the women's locker room that you can put uh, knuckleheads like Aubrey Edwards in her place. I even like you even more. Thank you. And, and I'm sure you agree with us, you know, and, and I know, listen, we're AEW unrestricted. I get that. We wouldn't say anything to disparage the company, but when we put over the company, when we put over the people we work with from Tony Khan, Kenny Omega, Dean Malenko, Dustin, all the ladies in the back, in, in the back and makeup and hair, everybody just seems to get along where I came from. That was unheard of. Right. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I just think uh, for all of us, I think we we're very fortunate to be a part of this. Oh, yeah. It's amazing. The whole bunch of people just want to you know be where we are. And it's I feel so fortunate and so blessed right. like, to be a part of something so special. So what does the future hold for Big Swole? Listen. OK, so <laughs> <laughs> sorry, I got to uh, get my George South voice in. OK, listen, fruits. 
<laughs> okay. I'm a strategist. Uh-huh. Everything I do is, is I have a strategy along with it. And, you know, strategies and the purest all in one. So I like to do things just, just because, or just because I've thought about it a lot. Sure. I figure I am going to let anybody and everybody who wants a chance at that title to go ahead, grab it, honey, enjoy your time with it, cuddle up to it, hold it tight. Tell it, I love you. You're my sweetheart. I only have eyes for you because baby, why are you doing all that? Why everybody's having their runs, they titles saying they, the women's part of the best in the division. This is their division. You see, Queens don't speak out loud like that. I don't, you know, I don't do stuff like that. I, I let my actions speak for me. I don't have to boast about I'm this and that. That's what they're going to do. I am just going to work. Right. I'm going to work my ass off until I am in peak physical condition, until I am peak wrestling prime. And then when it is time for me and whoever the chump is that has the championship, when it's time for me to go up against that person, whether it's Sheeta, Penelope, Brittany, I don't care, all them anees. It don't really matter because when I get up in that ring and it is time for Swole to shine, baby, that championship is coming home with me and I'm not letting it go. You see, because once I get it, I'm going to take it and that bar, and I'm going to raise it all the way up, boom, and then I'm going to walk away, and I'm going to be like, it's catch up, catch up, catch up, catch up and keep up, catch up and keep up, you see, because my promos are going to be on point, my my, my matches are going to be on point, my backstage segments are going to be on point, it's going to be a whole other level, so go ahead and get all of these people who think that they pop in and think that they it, you go ahead, take it, boo, you go ahead, because what's next for Swole? is betterment, is discipline, is champion, is a legacy. That's what's next for Swole. Damn. Don't doubt this girl. Never. Never <laughs> did. Never will. Absolutely. Wise. Swole, <laughs> thank you so much. It was great talking to you, catching up with you. Oh, it was excellent. Thank you for having me. It's so, so wonderful to have you. No problem. Yeah. Yeah. This, this is great. I love you guys. I love you guys so much. I love how every time I see you, you go, Swole. <laughs> so wholesome. Yeah. And I love and I love your room. We're gonna talk about this next time I see you and all this. Oh, is man cave? Oh yeah, that's that man cave's it, honey. My little puppy dog right there. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. That's the bug. Bug. Hello, bug. He hangs out with me. Okay, you can uh follow Big Swole uh, on Twitter at Swole World, correct? I have that right? Yes. On Instagram at that big swole. Duh, big We're gonna work on your African American, <laughs> <laughs> your African American slang. We're gonna work on it. Okay, subscribe to the AEW Unrestricted Podcast for free wherever you get your podcasts, uh, and leave us a rating. We'd love to hear from you, uh, your review, and we've had some great reviews so far. Thank you so much for tuning in today. You can tune into All Elite Wrestling on TNT Wednesdays, Dynamite, eight o'clock Eastern, seven Central. I'm referee Aubrey Edwards got commentary tony shivani and awesome badass big swole thanks for tuning in <laughs>